Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast, where I had the opportunity to have an energized conversation with the man himself, Borino, about his incredible journey in real estate. Coach Borino also shares the success secrets he teaches in his course and how they can help you achieve the life you desire. Let's jump right in. Ladies and gentlemen, Lab Coat Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And once again, as I usually am, I am excited for the guest that we have today. It's a gentleman that I just met recently, believe it or not. And I feel like I know this guy, I knew this guy long before I actually knew him. We met at Lab Coat Agents Live in San Diego, where he is like the MC of the event extraordinaire. And people like me are just trying to be a little bit more like him. This gentleman is based out of the D.C. area. He is, has got a long history in real estate, uh, currently has a couple of companies, Barino Productions, I just gave away who the guest is, and Fizz Barino, where he is an expert on Fizzbo's expired mindset, uh, you know, getting over why this business is too hard, and of course, how to get leads without spending a crap ton of money. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Barino to the show. What an intro. Hold on. <laughs> this is not your first rodeo because you have. No, I've done this before. Effects. Has anybody ever told you that you sound and look like Matthew McConaughey? That's amazing. <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, people have told me that before. I don't know why. So then I have to drop the all right, all right, all right. <laughs> drop it. Are you kidding me? I would amp it up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. My friends, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I was looking forward to it. It's funny. I was on at 3.30. For some reason, I was so excited. I messed up the times and here I am ready to go. I was looking forward to chatting with you guys. LCA is my favorite, second favorite group, I must say. Of course, of course. Because I run rock stars, but it's a great bunch. Love you guys. Love working with you. Love being associated with you. So when the invitation came, I was really excited. I love it. So let me ask you this. Let me get personal before we get into the to, to the real estate topics, because I always like to know my guests before we, we get deep. And, and first things first, so I just interviewed another, another guest who came from across the pond, Nikki Klein, who's from London. Hmm. You, you come with one name, which yes. is, is cool in and of itself. I feel like you should be like a soccer star or something. <laughs> Ronaldo or Madonna. Yeah, exactly. Or exactly. Where are you? Okay. Or a musician. Where are you from? I was originally, I'm originally from Czechoslovakia. I was born and raised in Czechoslovakia and grew up in an acting family. Both my parents, my mom, who's still around, she still performs, she sings. Lately, her health has been not the greatest, but she still goes on stage. She has a performance on Sunday. She's doing movies. She's recording albums and stuff. So I grew up in an artistic family. My dad was a writer, a producer, an actor, and so... At the age of four months, I did my first commercial. It was a photo shoot for diapers. <laughs> my, my experience in front of camera goes way back. And then I started doing movies because there was never a question in our family what I was going to do for a living. 
I wasn't like assume. So I started television films, and um, because Czechoslovakia back then was a communist country, early on I got in trouble with the government. I know hard to believe for a guy like me, quiet introvert. But I got in trouble and I got blacklisted. I couldn't work. I couldn't finish college. I went to art school, college, studying acting and film production. They kicked me out. So I just kind of got fed up with that whole idiotic system, packed my stuff and went first to London, spent a few months in Leicester studying art, acting, performance, and then ended up in Los Angeles with a big dream of becoming the next, I don't know, Schwarzenegger or Van Damme or one of those guys. You know? <laughs> I didn't have the muscle for it. That was the only problem, you know, my... My biceps were not big enough. I love it. So I landed in LA and quickly realized how terrible decision I made to get into film industry there because it's just a really tough business. It's very different from the way in things worked in Europe. And I was just kind of also burned out and done with it, doing it for over 20 years. So the trouble was I didn't have any skills. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't like fix a car or build a house or any of that. All I knew was acting at that point. So... Um, as the luck had it, I saw an ad for free real estate school. I'm like, well, it's cool. I'm going to drive a fancy car, wear a fancy suit, and make millions of dollars in real estate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I got a license, and this is where the story kind of branches off. This is where a lot of the awesome guests you had before will tell you how quickly they knocked it out of the park, and I have nothing but admiration for those folks. I went the other way. I became broke and homeless, and in two years, I had to sleep in my car because I just didn't have anything. And uh, there was a point in my life where I was seriously questioning the decision I made up to that point, including being in real estate. But you know how it is, Jeff, like, even when things were really tough, and I'm not kidding, it was tough. I'm not pretending how it was walking apart. It wasn't. It was tough. I, was, I had a 1981 Cadillac DeVille. One of those big boats. I don't know if you guys remember it. Giant, big, big car. I bought it for like $800. Call it the rust bucket. The right passenger window would not roll up half the time. And I would park it behind a liquor store in Pico Rivera, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, because they had these big lights that I felt safe there. And um, I had to kind of make a decision. What am I going to do? Make real estate work or get a real job, which is what everybody else was telling me, you know, just get a real job. What are you doing? This is a bad time to be in real estate, which is true. Yeah. We had like 14% interest rate. That's funny. What, yeah. so what, what year was it? Just give us some context. What year is this? This is like late eighties, early nineties. Okay. I was at the fragile eight of seven. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know how it is like, even when things were really tough, somehow deep inside, I had this belief, this, this, this belief that it's going to work out. It's going to be all right. And as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I was fortunate enough, several teachers appeared, mainly Tony Robbins. Tony was, had a huge impact on me because at the right time, I discovered that a lot of the struggles I was experiencing had very little to do with the market or my competition or even working hard. And way more to do with beliefs, with my focus, with my expectations, with my relationship to money and success. And as I started to uncover all these limiting beliefs that I was carrying around like a giant bag of rocks, things started to shift very quickly. And I started, first, of course, I got my business off the ground. And within 10 months, I was fortunate enough, I got my first condo, I got my first Mercedes, and first vacation in Italy, and, and I kind of was able to turn things around quickly. So um, the lesson was often... It's not what logic tells you to do. Logically, sometimes being in real estate may not make sense to some of you guys listening to this. 
But if you have that gut feeling, that instinct telling you that there is a way, just remember, this guy from Czechoslovakia figured it out and turned things around every single one of you can. There is really no magic or no silver bullet or anything or any special skills. God knows I had none. It's a matter of setting up the mindset right, putting some systems in place, and then taking massive action. That really was the whole secret, how I turned it around. I love it. Do you have, would you attribute any of your success to any particular people that you followed or mentored you or maybe a book or anything like that? Good question. Tony Robbins was very detrimental to my success. Big, big impact. I, I did the firewalk with him, unleashed the power within, awakened the giant within his book. So that was the first big mindset shift triggered by him. Then, of course, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And I know it's kind of cliche, but it totally changed my life again because it was the beliefs and it was my thinking that got me in trouble in the first place. He also has a second book, which is not as well known, but just as good, if not better, called Outwitting the Devil. And if you can kind of push aside that religious undertone of it, it is a phenomenal book of mindset that I really recommend. Outwitting the Devil. That's good. It's called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And it, it was so controversial that he didn't publish it. It wasn't published until after his death. His sister published the book. Really good book. Good read. Jay Abraham was another big impact in terms of my marketing, how I started looking at marketing and influence. I started studying psychology because I had no selling skills. You know, some of those guys were just like, they can sell you anything. The, the wolves of Wall Street, I was the exact opposite. So I got into psychology, I got into influence, I got into hypnosis, so a lot of people in that area. Mr. Frank Kern, who now I consider a friend and a mentor in the marketing area. Yeah, those were, those were the people that That's awesome. I think impacted me a lot. That's awesome, and some of those people are still very active. I mean, Frank Kern yeah. being one of them, um, yeah. that, that you should, that you should and, and can still follow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, I love that you just said this about the, about the psychology piece of it, because we've interviewed Steve Haru a few, few times. He was also at mm-hmm. LCA Live, and he talks about, he, he uses like, the, takes the disc profile and how uh, studying the disc profile to where you can actually learn, if you're a high D, how you talk to a C or an S, because you're going to rub them the wrong way if you don't know how to talk to them. And he, he actually spins it around into making them animals. It's, um, he has uh, the, the D is a lion, the I is an otter, uh, the, the S is an owl, and the C is an elephant. I actually have those notes sitting on my desk. Oh, that's so cool. I never heard that analogy. That makes a lot of sense. I it's really that. good. It's really good. And he talks about it. But I don't think a lot of people really understand enough. And you know, you're kind of in the coaching arena now. Uh, where if if you're a salesman, if you're a realtor, and and you have to yes. take that seriously, and if you don't understand that psychology, as as Barino said, which was brilliant on his part to actually have the presence of mind to do this, uh, it's going to change the game because you're going to learn how to talk to people on their level and mm-hmm. resonate to them, and then they're going to be attracted to you and want to use you in in a very diluted world of real estate. It is a crowded market. It is a noisy market and we're fighting for attention. So being able to develop genuine connection through conversations and trust is by far the most valuable currency you can develop. Now, the good news is it's a set of skills. Yes, you have to be authentic. You can't fake it. I mean, you can tell if somebody's trying to sell you shit. Like when you get a phone call and somebody, even though they have like a conversational attempt, within seconds, you can tell a sales guy trying to sell me something. Yeah. So being able to be authentic in this way and develop that ability to really genuinely focus on the person you're talking to. Can I help them? Who are these guys? What are they trying to do? 
What is the situation? What are their fears? Doing that will not only instantly catapult you away from, from your competition, but it will make the business way more enjoyable because you don't have to have that false, happy, positive persona of a salesperson, but be yourself. Just better. I love it. Okay, so uh, you spent a lot of time in LA. You've you made it yep. to this point. You started to have some success. Uh, how long were you in real estate, number one? And then what led you to DC and led you to what you're doing today? I early on discovered expires. I met this guy named Art, great guy, Remax agent, who showed me the ropes with expires. And his approach was really simple. He would just call the shit out of them. He would just call expires all the time and making a lot of money doing it. So, and he says, I'll show you what I do, what I say, how it all works. And that was kind of a base of the system that I later developed, the Expire Plus system, that I now teach agents how to do that. And uh, so that was kind of a pivotal point in my marketing because rather than blankly looking for leads, I zeroed in on people who are already in the process, who raised their hand, who signed the contract, who put the sign up there, where I didn't need a huge volume to convert a lot of them into listings. So I started with that. I developed a system, then I developed a similar one for for sale by owners because psychology is different. The system slightly vary. And uh, the first real success with it was not just the listing I started to take, but it was my mother-in-law who was at the time in real estate. And she said, could you help me? I want to get these expired like you, you do. So I wrote some notes for her. And four months later, she was the top agent in her office, bought a new car, you know, the whole thing. She says, you should write a book. This is really good. This is very practical. This is not some, some theory. This really works. So I wrote the book. I put the system together called the Expired Plus. We're now on the fifth version. And from there, other agents started to come to me. Can you teach me? Can you help me? And the company kind of was born out of other agents struggling similarly or agents who were are, who are doing well but wanted to expand and get another good funnel going. So I started teaching it and it became a full-time job. So I launched Barino Productions. God, 2000. Four, I think, long time ago. And I've been teaching this stuff, coaching people on communication, mindset, doing experience, doing physical since then. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so, and what, uh, you were in LA, you, you went to DC, when did that happen? What, what oh, there's a woman behind it, of course. Ah. <laughs> I was in Los Angeles, happily divorced, running the company, doing this full time, and I ran into this wonderful woman, at a birthday party, it was a friend of mine, famous actress. She had a birthday party and we ran into each other, but she was living in DC. I was in Los Angeles in Hermosa Beach. And it was like, nothing, nothing can happen. This is just too far apart, you know? But we started calling each other, started texting and little by little we developed a relationship until I came to DC visit. She came to, to California several times. And out of that, we get married, we have two children, we're happy. so. We decided it's time to move. It was either Hannah moving to LA or me moving to DC. And it seemed at the time it was easier for me to pick up my stuff and move to the East Coast. And it was a good, good, good time for me to just change the scenery. You know, I had lived in California for over 20 years and it's, it's just a good opportunity to do something new and new environment, new people. I really like it here. I do miss California at times, but life has been good. Of course, of course. And so you were in real estate up until what year? And, what, and then you moved into the, um, into, was it 2004 when, it was, when, you, when you started? Yeah, I, I, around 2004, I think, is when I, when I launched the company. And, and it's, it was one of those points where either I could be a really good coach or a really good agent, but it's hard to do both full time. It's really time consuming, intense. And I suddenly realized that 
helping other agents succeed, really ramp up their business quickly became my passion and my calling. And I became not only good with experts, but I developed a method to teach other people how to do this. So they became my strength where I could take pretty complex process of finding leads and listing homes, and I could break it down into steps that almost anybody can do. I love it. And you did this during when the wild, wild west was going on. That was, you know, it was before 07, 08 when everything crashed. So that's a... I learned during the hard times, you know, I mean, think about it. 14% interest rates, 40% inventory were ARIOs and foreclosures. It was a rough time to be in real estate. But when you learn during those hard times, then the good times are really good. Make it it all the way more better. Yeah. So let's, you know, you've talked a lot about this. So let's, let's dive right into what we've been, what we've been tickling here, which is FISBOs and expired. So what is the secret sauce? What is it that obviously led you to where you are today because you were so good at it that people wanted you to teach them? Good question. The reason I zeroed in on expireds and FISBOs is because I wanted listings now. I didn't want to have a year long follow-up incubation period where other agents can come in. There are all kinds of things that can go wrong. So I was looking for opportunities where people were already identified. The leads were identified for me, which is usually the most expensive and the hardest thing to do. So that was number one. I didn't want to spend a lot of time or money or effort on following up, although they do require follow-up just like any other lead, but it's just a shorter window in many cases. I didn't want to spend a lot of money on marketing. Yes, you do require a little bit of postage and maybe put a nice brochure together or something, but Compared to many other methods, like if you run big ads on Facebook, it's way less expensive. And I also discovered, and this was a big shocker, and this will encourage you guys and inspire you, is there was not a whole lot of competent competition. Yes, we had other agents going after these folks, but they were just not very good or very consistent. A lot of that approach was very traditional scripted approach, which people, you know, who likes that? Or people do it when they really get down and out, when they really need the business. And then when things go good, they back out. So there was no consistency where I just kept doing it daily. So the first thing is, these are easy leads. These are easy listings. If you have a simple system, and I'll give you all the steps. You don't need to buy my system to make this work. You know, only expireds and fizzballs are the only two leads you can pull right away. I mean, literally, you don't need any system, you don't need to any subscription, you don't need nothing. You can go on your MLS right now and you can have literally within seconds, some leads. Somebody who at one point wanted to sell. Same with Fizzbos. You can jump on Zillow or Craigslist and you can have leads within minutes. So you don't have to sift through a lot. You don't have to do a lot of effort to find these. So that was the first thing. Easy to identify, very often motivated especially with a good expired listing who had a bad experience with an agent, you come in as a rock star. It's not that hard to stand out. And with the right approach, you can convert them, you can qualify them, you can do all that. So that's why I focused on these. So even for somebody who's a new agent or somebody who doesn't have a huge budget, this can be a really good funnel that will get your listing inventory up quickly. Now with that, of course, I'm not pretending it's easy, it's not. But then any opportunity in or out of real estate where you can make potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars isn't going to be easy. That's good because like you said, though, I mean, just like converting a, a Zillow lead, for example, it's not mm-hmm. easy and, right. and you're paying for that lead. And so what Brino's telling you is, is if you, I think everybody knows this, but are you actually utilizing it? You have these free leads yep. right at your fingertips. So, okay. So somebody's sitting here right now listening, thinking, damn, I, yeah, I knew it. I didn't utilize it. Okay. I got the list now. What do I do with it? Like, what's yeah. the best way to execute on it? First thing, you got to kind of shift your mindset. I go back to that mindset. 
And there are two things I would recommend. One is, and this was a big revelation again for me, is when I started working expired, my initial assumption was people will be rude and angry and they will hang up on me and they will cuss me out and God knows what. And if they can strangle me over the phone, they probably would. Far from the truth. The reality was that, and again, with the right approach, not being salesy or pushy or also not being needy. You know, you don't need to kiss somebody's ass. You're right in the middle, confident, competent, pleasant. Most people are pretty nice. It's because they had a problem, I had a solution. They needed my help to move. And I knew how to get it done. Now, of course, you can't just sell yourself over the phone in 30 seconds, tell the people, hey, I'm the best agent, hire me. It's a process. But the first thing was, people are pretty nice. They're pretty cool, some more than others. So that's one. And two, go in, believe that it's gonna work. Believe it's going to work. At the beginning, it's going to be a little rough. It's a process, just like you know, learning to ride a bike or play an instrument. You got to develop certain skills, communication skills, listening skills, all that. But you can make it work. It's totally doable. It's totally with the right belief that you can make it work, and understanding that those are just people—people people who need help. And even with the greatest technology, and today, that's why this business is so excited, so exciting is because we do have all these opportunities. You can be your own media publisher. You can publish your own videos. You can publish your books. You can do stuff that a few years ago was impossible or so expensive. So the opportunities are there. But underneath it all, it's still a people business. It's still a relationship business. It's still business based on trust. People select the agent who they like, respect, and trust the most. That's it. Every single time. It's not about a price. Think about it. You don't go to a dentist because he's the cheapest. Price plays a role, but it's just part of the equation. You go to a dentist because you like them, you trust them, you respect them. Same with the real estate, it's a people business. So developing people skills on top of your marketing skills and communication skills is a winner. No question about it. I love it. So give me an example. So um, I'm an expired listing. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you kind of gave us the context of what, what the conversation needs to be about. Don't be too salesy. Yes. Don't be too ass kissy, if that's a word. So it is now. I just made it one. So what is it that you would say? What is the approach or what is an example of a script or, you know, like I said, an approach that you yeah. would Good question. What I teach the Expire Plus is based on multi-channel approach. That means not a single channel works all the time. The best, most effective way to convert expired listings and FISBOS, of course, is if you can deploy as many channels as possible. Now, by channel, I mean some you will reach on the phone, although the phone, you may have noticed that in your business, Jeff, as well, is kind of going away. Mm -hmm. less and less number of people. I mean, there, when I started Expires, I could get pretty much everybody on the phone. It wasn't that hard. Numbers were easy to get. We had them writing the MLS at the beginning. So it was just a matter of getting people on the phone and talking to them. Today, if you get one out of 10 expires on the phone, you're doing all right. So don't be surprised that most people don't answer or you don't have the right number. So, but the approach is this. Multi-channel approach means call them if you can. Text them if you can. Email them if you can. Mail them if you can. Send them a video if you can. Go visit them if you can. Hmm. In that order? Is, is there an order? This would be the order. I would call them first. And the reason you want to call them is not as much as set up a listing appointment. You're just a stranger to them on the phone and not just a stranger, a salesperson on top of it. So there will be some resistance. It's okay. But the first and foremost, you want to determine if the property has been relisted. That's the number one objective. And that's a stop right there. If they say, yes, we relisted, we signed with old agent or new agent, doesn't matter. You say, great, good luck, thank you, goodbye. You hang up. Anything other than, yes, we relisted, it's game on. 
take whatever they say afterwards with a giant rock of salt. Because, and this is again something I learned the hard way, even people who will absolutely, 100%, with total certainty and honesty tell you we will not relist, some of them end up listing. I had people tell me in my face, very friendly, nice people who said, you know, we tried, didn't sell, we changed our plans, changed our mind, we're staying. A month later, call a banker sign in the front yard. I'm like, what the hell? They just told me they're not going anywhere. It's because with the emotions and with the anger and frustration and confusion that very often goes on in their life, I mean, think about it, their plans blew up because the house didn't sell, they're disappointed and frustrated, they just don't want to deal with it. So with the right approach, some patience and a good follow-up, you can convert very often even those who at the beginning will tell you no. So back, back to the approach to the system. You call them first if you can. Some you will talk to, many you will not. Text them, follow up with a short, simple text. Some you will get response back, some you will not. Next, you're going to email them. Shoot them a quick email. Many data providers like Espresso Agent and Landvoice will get you Vulcan 7. There's a whole bunch of them. We'll get you some of the contact information. So email them. Send them a little bonbon video. If it's personalized, it has more impact. If it speaks to them, their property address, their name. Next, put a little expired package together. The system I have comes with it, but you can put your own together and go visit them. And this is important. Visit is the most time-consuming element to this first salvo, but it's also the most impactful Before, because we are wired. And again, this goes back to our neurobiology. We are wired for human interaction, for conversations. And the most impactful, memorable one is face-to-face. -face. So if at all possible, here's the cool thing. You don't need to visit 50 to get listings. All you need is maybe two a day. Start with that. It does require some driving time and visit, but it works. And even if they're not ready to relist right away, which many won't be, don't get discouraged. That's part of the process. They will remember you now. They will have connection with you because you were the one that they met in person. So find a window that, and this varies by area, when you have the best chance to reach them at home, go knock on the door, drop off the package, have a conversation with them. That's the first salvo. From there, they all go into your CRM, load them up in your contact management system and start following up. Now be careful not drip on them. Don't confuse drip campaigns with following up. Hmm. Do you like to be dripped on? Do you ever have a prospect who tells you, well, you know what, here's my contact information. Why don't you drip on me? Of course not. Well, so, so quantify that for someone who just thought to themselves, wait a minute, I thought dripping and following up are basically the same thing. <laughs> no, not, not the same thing at all. Drip campaign is part of it. There'll be some automation that's part of it. But again, where the impact happens is during connection and conversation. That means if I can mail them something, which in most cases you can, have a little sequence, send them some postcards, proof, social proof works really well, market updates work really well, thank you cards work really well. Any of that will work. At the end, it's all going to end up in trash anyway, but it makes impact. Same with email. Very low impact, very low on the list, but if that's what you got, that's what you got. Here is the rule that I teach everybody. Do the best you can with what you have. If all you have is their mailing address, then do that. It's better than nothing. Because if you don't mail them, guaranteed they're not going to call you. If you don't try, guaranteed you're not going to get that listing. Right. I'll take a small chance, even if it means sending a few postcards and some letters and maybe drop off the expired package. Okay? So you keep in touch. But the difference between drip and follow-up is I intersect and interject it with conversations, connection building. That would mean including some videos, personal texts, anything that doesn't feel automated, robotic, pre-template, is good. Make sense? 
Totally. And let me, and let me, let me say something about that because I think, and I've talked to enough agents as, as everyone knows, I'm not in real estate. That's why I'm a good interviewer here because I'm coming from the outside thought mindset process. Right. And, but, but I hear realtors and any, any mortgage or uh, real estate professional, including mortgage all the time say, man, I just want somebody to do it for me, whether it's automation, whether it's setting up their CRM, whether it's social media posting. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it just won't work. There's no authenticity there. What do you have to say for that? Because you just hit on that. That is a really good point. Yes, some of it has to be automated if you start scaling this. And I have some students, you know, who do 40, 50 expires a year. So yeah, you do need to automate some of it. So that's why the good CRM is, is important. There are also services, Agent Legend, all these that can take over some of that for you. So my recommendation would be when you're starting out, just do your best. You got to do it. And if it means you have to stay in the office late or come on the weekend, that's what I did before I got this off the ground. Once the money starts rolling in, you're going to hire an assistant. A lot of this can be delegated to your assistant. You stay at the conversation part. That's your job is to get them on the phone or to send a very personal text. Hey, new listing, 1234 Oak Street, just came on the market. I have more info for you. Call me. That's where you insert your way or yourself into the sequences. But yeah, automate some of it. Some of it, it still needs to be you and manual. I would even have some experts that I really wanted. I would go back two or three times. If I didn't reach them the first time, it does require, this is a long-term game still that requires some persistence. But the good news is again, I've been teaching this. I've done this for many, many years, friends. Most of your competition give up way too soon, way too early. I have discovered it takes five to 15 touches in most cases to convert most of the expires. Very few will be ready to convert right away. And it has to do with trust more than anything, building connection and relationship we had talked about. But it's going to require five to 15 of these follow-up touches before they start paying attention to you. They know your name. They know who you are. And more importantly, they feel like there's some connection where they can trust you to ask you questions and get your advice. That's where you want to be. And you can accomplish that through good organic follow-up. I love it. I love it. And, and let's also say this. In your sequence, which is, a, I counted six, uh, the visit is basically a warm visit. It's not like door knocking because you've already now touched them five other times. So essentially, you can walk up to that door and say, hey, you already probably know who I am. I just was in the area I wanted to pop up, right? Is it, or do you, and is there a certain approach that you have with that visit? Since that's most important, I want to kind of hit on that a little bit longer. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. My recommendation would be go to the door as soon as possible. Don't wait for the other channels to hit because they may or may not. Like some of the advanced techniques I teach is use social media, reach out to them on Facebook, see if you can connect with them on LinkedIn. And again, that's something that your assistant can do a lot of that for you. But go there as soon as possible because the good assumption to have is until and unless you know otherwise, they're motivated, they're nice people, and they want to sell, they need my help. They're motivated, they're ready to sell, they're, they're looking for an agent, they need my help. I love it. So get there soon. I love it. And what Bruno just said, was, which, which takes me back to, to, again, the Nikki Klein podcast interview where we talked about what kind of content you should be putting on your Facebook and your social media pages. This is why we always talk about putting out authentic content. So when you okay. do this, when you're connecting with strangers, they can go stalk you and get to know you before they even know you and already like you. And I tell you why they won't, what, what won't attract them is if all you're doing is putting out real estate data. That's not interesting to anyone. They want to know who you are as a person. Would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, as they say, like attracts like. 
what do you find interesting when you go on Facebook, when you go on Instagram? What catches your attention and why? To assume that, well, I, my students sometimes tell me, well, that's, that's different. I'm like, no, no, no. There are people just like you. They like dancing cats just like you do. <laughs> they like all that stuff. They like ass, like <laughs> Billy <laughs> said at the LCLI, that's right? right? But, but, big but. So they're the same. They want to see who you are as a person before they can relate to it as a real estate agent. And if, if you as a person are interesting, are authentic, are real, and are helpful, you're going to get business. It's really that simple or that complicated. Now, maybe you don't drive Porsches, you don't jump off airplanes and you don't climb rocks or ride motorcycles like I do. You still have something interesting to share. You still have something interesting in your life that somebody else will go, oh, that's cool. That's all you need. You don't need to overthink it. It's combination of quality and quantity that will get you there, that will build cool. that connection. I love it. So we've been talking about expires. How different is uh, the FISBO approach? FISBO is slightly different because the psychology is different. The psychology for sale by owners, I don't need an agent in most cases, and I want to save money. Look, Martha, how smart I am. We're going to save $10,000 in commission. So that's, that's the difference. So the approach is slightly, not slightly, but different. Excuse me, hold on a second. So the FISBO approach, the principle is the same. Build relationship, build connection with them, be authentic with them. Quick phone call, quick visit. The difference is the visit will be all about, how can I help? What can I do to help? Now, first thing they're going to tell you is, bring us a buyer. And you say, I'll be happy to. I'll let all my potential buyers know about your property. Whether they're going to like it or want to come see it, I don't know. I can't guarantee that. But I will let them know. What else can we do? If you come from contribution, and it's not that fake, well, I'm here to help, but I really want the listing. If you authentically say, well, it makes sense. You want to save $8,000. Hell, I would do the same if I could. I mean, what we know, we as insiders, we know data. We have data. And the data shows that only 7% of transactions in the U.S. this year or last year since they tracked is for sale by owners. It's the lowest since they've tracked. So... It's kind of counterintuitive. You would think, well, in this day and age where we have all these tools and resources, shouldn't it be easier for FISBO to sell? The opposite is true. Since the NAR has been tracking, and you can get it, the report is called the Profile of Home Buyers and Sellers. They publish it annually, really good data. But one of the things they track there is how many of these suckers actually sell, and FISBOs can't sell. That's why majority end up listing with an agent, because it's just too complicated, too hard, too time-consuming. So they need you. They just don't know it yet. And you trying to bash them over the head to convince them is the least effective way of getting them. The most effective way is just be cool. Be helpful. See how you can contribute. And over time, and this time can be a few days, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes in a few months, you will win them over with being genuine, being helpful, and staying with it, being persistent. That's the secret to FISBOs. So, so there is some relationship between FISBOs and expires, and some expires will go FISBO too. But with this approach, it works like gangbusters. And it, it's, there is no selling, there is no resistance, because if you come from, I'm just here to help. I mean, if at one point you decide to interview agents, I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, but that comes in later. Well, give it a shot first. Maybe this will work for you. It's very powerful. I love it. And it's, it's just like anything. It's just like building yeah. Facebook groups or, or it's, it's all, and this isn't, when, I, when you use the word long game, 
it's it's a di- it's got different context when we're talking about fizzbos and expires and what you're talking about here because it's really not that long, but I think you are hitting the nail on the head, which is a consistent message that we constantly talk about on this podcast, which is coming from contribution, which is don't be down their throat just relate to them and Mm -hmm. you're going to attract them back. You just have to trust the system. It's not going to work like this, but it's going to work. Yep. Totally. That's, that's dead on. That's well said. I love it. So is there, is is there any other uh, advice that, that that we didn't touch on uh, when it comes to what you're teaching, what you're coaching when it comes to FISBOs and expired? I just want to make sure we've got it all covered. One of the best and most important skills you need to develop, whether it's expired, FISBO, it doesn't matter is the art of communication. And that's kind of lost these days because we're so dependent on texting and emails and social media and all that, that um, I see it on my kids. I mean, I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. It's different how they communicate. It's, there's different rhythm, it's, 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 different. it's shifting. But you being able to take a perfect stranger and make them feel comfortable sometimes within seconds, make them relax, make them smile, Make them really open up to you where they tell you, well, you know, what's really bothering us is that homes look like the prices are going down. We're worried that we're not going to get what we need in order for us to get that nice home in Florida. We can relate to them as human beings and you can genuinely offer some solutions, which sometimes means stay where you are. Don't sell. This is not a good idea. Based on what you told me, you're better off staying where my agenda and my needs to get a listing in the commission is secondary to what's best for them you're going to win, but it does require some work. One of the basic things I used to do every single day was practice. I would role play every day. I know it's kind of tedious and simple, but that's what got me. When we do with my students sometimes the role play sessions, and they always say, you make it sound so easy. I'm like, no, 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 I just role play the shit out of it. So no matter what you throw at me, the question or objection, it's not that I'm such a genius. It's because I practiced it. And if you study musicians, politicians, business people, anybody who engages in this format, they'll practice. I mean, it it would be impossible for a rock star not to practice and deliver a great performance. Same thing here. Practice. Practice how you open, especially the first few seconds of a conversation are absolutely critical because people form very quickly opinions about you. So if you come across as pleasant, connected, authentic, passionate, they're going to pick up quickly and it will make your job a lot easier and not to mention a lot more profitable. So develop that skill, communication skill. Any, any uh, advice that you would give to someone who feels like they're just not good at that? So like when it comes to an opening conversation and, you know, a phone call conversation, is there any advice you would give to someone who's maybe they're, they're not a natural, they struggle with this and they fumble words easier? What would you tell them? I would tell them a story about a young agent from Czechoslovakia who pulled up to his first expired listing <laughs> and it took him 29 minutes to get his ass out of the car and go actually talk to that expired listing. And it was, of course, me. I was scared shitless. I mean, I had an MLS printout in my hand and I'm not kidding you, Jeff. It was smeared with my sweat. <laughs> it was shaking like this. I was a mess. I was total mess. I was nervous. I was I had a big accent, not that I don't now, but it was much worse. Remember the movie uh, Borat? Yeah. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Hey, you want to sell houses? Good. <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was me. So, but what I figured out is I had to be willing and be comfortable with being uncomfortable, being nervous and sucking at this to get good because it's not a leap. 
the mastery in this business, whether it's marketing, whether it's communication, whether it's presentation, any of that stuff is not a leap. It's not like you're going to leap there from point A to point B. It's a process. And with just like anything else, if you look back at your life, you guys, when you learn something from something simple as riding a bike or, or walking or a different language, it's a process. And it's so sad when I see agents give up too soon because they hope and somehow are misguided thinking that they're going to master all this overnight. No, it's a challenging business. It can be very complicated and stressful business, but it can also be very rewarding business for those willing to stuck it out, who are willing to suck first and go through the process, take the steps, no matter how uncomfortable and tired and stressed and worried and rejected they feel, they just stubbornly stay with it. There's a payoff at the end. Awesome. This is, this has been, this has been phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're winding down, we're running out mm -hmm. of time here. So let's, uh, let's, let's put a bow on top of this. Is there anything else that you can, that, you know, kind of an outro to, to this podcast recording that, that you can say, does any, any great takeaway that you should take away from this or anything else that you want to add? What do you, what do you have? Start, start from wherever you are. When, when you don't feel like going, when you don't feel, when you feel discouraged or things don't go well, just think about that guy from Czechoslovakia who figured it out. So can you. And if you just do the math, let's say you talk to only two high probability leads a day. That would be a combination, new expireds, old expireds, cancel listing for sale buyer. Two a day. And you do it six days a week because you hustle. And I know lab coats hustle. You guys don't mind hard work. So that's 12 a week. 12 conversations you have a week. That's 48 a month. Now I'm going to need a calculator. 48 times 12. So you're going to have 576 conversations in the next 12 months, give or take. 576 conversations with people who raised their hand, who did something that clearly indicates we want to live somewhere else, we need help. So now, of course, there are other factors that will play a role. But is it possible for you to convert 10% of those into listings. Is it humanly possible? Now, I can't promise you or guarantee you you will, but is it possible? Because if you start believing it is possible, the only question you're gonna start asking yourself, how? How, how do I do that? And out of 576, if you convert 10%, that's 57 listings. That ain't bad. As Tony Robbins says, you can't live on it, but it's a good start. <laughs> that's pretty good. So it does not require mass amounts of anything, mass amounts of money or effort. You can do this. Yes, it requires skills, some persistence, and some systems to have in place, but it's doable. And every single one of you has the capacity to do it. That's why you're listening to this stuff. You're drawn to it because deep inside you believe, if I just learn some cool stuff, if I get inspired, if I get some tools in place, I can do this. And I believe you can too. I love it, man. This is good. This is great. So even if you're a single agent who's struggling or you're like a, you're a leader and you're mm -hmm. leading people, this is so powerful because you can take the data that Barino just dropped and there's no arguing that data. There's no arguing that that's how many people you will touch. And if you hone your game, if you practice, like you said, it's inevitable, even if you convert at 2%, if you're a struggling agent, 2% of, of 600 touches is going to be pretty good. That's a good start. And then it just starts to grow from there. Uh, it's kind of the compound effect, right? Uh, it's, this is great. Brino, you have been fantastic as always. It is a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank uh, you. I, could, I could talk to you for hours because uh, you're brilliant. And um, oh, so let me ask this. Uh, so for anybody who's interested in following you or maybe getting a hold of you, where do they find you? 
The, go to YouTube. I have a whole bunch of, we have hundreds of videos where I teach you in depth this stuff. What I do is I record a lot of my coaching sessions with my actual students and we post those. So go check it out. I would start on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type Barino and you're going to see a whole bunch of training on physicals, expires, communication, objections, all kinds of stuff. So start there. B-O-R-I-N-O, yeah. if you didn't yes. know already. That in Czechoslovakian stands for handsome, successful, and devilishly sexy. That's you absolutely did not make that up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, now that, now that you brought it up and there's complete irrelevance, uh, is, is, do, you, do you not have a last, middle, first? I don't know which, which name is Barino. Oh, I do. I do. The name Barino came from my dad. I did have a last name. I did, of course. But the trouble was it got mangled so badly being Czechoslovakian and I says, you know, fuck it. I'll just drop it. <laughs> you became a rock star slash soccer star. Pretty much, yeah. Know. My dad started calling me that when I was a little boy and it just kind of stuck and I, I kept it. Fantastic, man. So YouTube, of course, you're on Facebook. Where do they find you on Facebook? Facebook, just again, Borino or check out Rockstars, Rockstars Agents. It's just like Labcoat, smaller, but good group of fun people who are very passionate about succeeding. We share tips on how to get leads, how to get appointments and how to get listings. So hit me up there. I'm there almost every day. We do lives every day where I answer people's questions. We do training. So Perfect. come join us if you haven't already. You can never consume too much content. And, um, and I think you need to find the groups that you belong in. Some people you know, have two or three, some have 10. Uh, so it's always great to have more resources. Once again, Brino, thank you so much for your time today. This has been fantastic. You sharing secrets that you sell to people uh, <laughs> is, is, is very much appreciated. And, and we thank you greatly. So again, to our audience, you know, thank you again for listening today. Uh, please don't keep us a secret. Please share this podcast. Let everybody know about it in your real estate field. We just want to continue to give back to the real estate community and uh, help everyone grow their business as we all, all do at LabCode Agents. So thank you again for being here, Barino. Thank you for listening today and we will talk to you next time. Thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Labcoat Agents Podcast.